this is Coaches Chat, and I'm Betsy Foster. You are in for some thoughtful conversations with fitness industry professionals, musings on current topics in the wellness field, and actionable advice for building a thriving career as a fitness professional. At Foster Strength, my mission is to lead and educate colleagues in the fitness industry to deliver client-centered coaching that gets clients real results built on sound scientific principles, encourages them to build a long and fulfilling relationship with exercise, and disrupts toxic fitness culture to foster an inclusive industry. Let's get going. Hello, hello. Here we are at episode three already of Coach's Chat, and I'm going to talk to you today about the personal training job description, i.e. what is it that a personal trainer actually does. So I can't tell you how often it is when I tell people that I'm a personal trainer, I quickly discover that what they're picturing in their mind is wildly different than what it is that I actually do. And I think part of that is media portrayal of personal trainers in sort of extreme makeover shows, in TVs and movies. I think also we oftentimes consult personal trainers on like the Today Show or Good Morning America. And so there's this really skewed idea of what the actual job really entails. I think that oftentimes makes for a huge barrier for new trainers because they either don't know that they can be successful at that job because they don't know what it is and they're tentative because they see these sort of other iterations of the job that may not reflect what people are doing day in and day out um, as a career. So that's part of it. Or I think that new personal trainers can have unrealistic expectations about how glamorous the job is going to be or what it's going to mean for their own fitness or their own body image, things like that, that can leave them unsatisfied in terms of what it is they're actually doing. Also, in kind of um, understanding who their typical client is actually going to be. And we'll talk about that a little bit in a later episode. But I'm going to lay it all out today so that we have a better understanding and that we're all on the same page of what this job really is. So I'm going to talk about what a personal trainer does, how that might look different in a couple of different settings, i.e. in a commercial gym setting, maybe a small boutique setting, working for yourself as a private personal trainer, and then what it looks like maybe online and how that can be different. Then I'm going to talk about some of the differences between personal trainers, strength coaches, group fitness instructors, physical therapists, and athletic trainers, and why those aren't all the same job, and how people can get them kind of confused. And then why you might specifically choose personal training over those other jobs as your career choice. 
So first, let's take a look at a brief and very general job description of a personal trainer. I'm gonna think of this first in the context of a commercial gym setting, realizing that there are gonna be some differences in some other settings, and I'll talk about those momentarily. Again, this is general and more sort of applies broadly to all personal trainers, though depending on the individual gym, some of these job requirements could be slightly different. So typically a trainer is working one-on-one -on -one with a personal training client unless their gym offers some small group training options, whether that be sort of semi-private in terms of like one trainer to two or three other uh, training clients. But typically it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Most commonly a gym will require a nationally certified personal training certification, whether that be at time of application or whether that be something you can earn in your first three to six months on the job. Typically, a gym facility will require trainers to amass their own clientele. Some gyms have structures in which they help their trainers get their clients, so some sort of referral system or sales system. But in most places, the onus of getting clients is on the individual personal trainer. And that can be through a variety of different means, whether it be prospecting on the floor, it's typically called, i.e. walking around the gym, getting to know people, seeing if they have an interest in personal training, maybe offering a complimentary session, and then signing them on as a client. Sometimes gyms have a referral system for individuals who inquire immediately about personal training. So that could be someone who comes in with a particular goal, they want to purchase personal training and the gym will place them with a particular trainer on staff. Or there are ways to run events and prospecting, um, almost gimmicks, I'll say, to bring attention to a new trainer or to a trainer looking to get clients in order to build their business. But for the most part, trainers are responsible for getting clients. So that's one aspect of the job, building clientele. Then with that clientele, there are some things that trainers are doing regularly. So with a new client, a trainer is learning about the goals of that individual client, whether it be aesthetic goals, whether it be performance goals, or whether it be quality of life goals surrounding general health, mobility, moving freely, moving without pain, things like that. And there can be a combination of all three aspects of those goals. Again, I'm speaking about that really broadly right now. And when we're working as a trainer, we're talking about that far more specifically. But so a trainer is assessing for goals, 
um, doing some sort of initial intake to learn more about what a client wants out of their personal training service. Then they're doing some kind of movement assessment in order to understand where their client is starting, what their movement quality looks like, learning about their daily aches and pains, previous exercise history, and previous injury history. All this after they have um, filled out something that specifically says they are cleared by their doctor to exercise with an initial consult and an initial movement assessment out of the way, a trainer then is responsible for building an exercise program. So when we talk about exercise programming in the area of personal training and in a few different areas, we are speaking about building a plan a sort of long-term or short-term plan that consists of multiple workouts, all built successively to reach that client's goal. Now, they are broken up into different timeframes based on how long a client will be training with a personal trainer, as well as what their goals are and where we find we need to have some opportunity for reassessment. So that personal trainer is taking those goals into consideration and writing multiple workouts that layer on top of each other to help build toward that specific goal. They're regularly reassessing through their sessions to see how that client is progressing. And then when they reach the end of that program, whether it be four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, they are reassessing again and writing a new program to move that client forward either to that same goal, progressing in that direction, or to a new goal if they've reached um, something already with that first program. In most commercial gym settings, the time allotted for programming is not separately compensated from an individual's session time with their clients. Oftentimes it's considered just part of that compensation that you're receiving for the 30 minutes to an hour you're with a client, but you're not actually clocking in per se for writing the program for a client. Something that maybe new trainers or those who are interested in learning to become a personal trainer may not know. And then when it comes to personal training sessions, this is where I oftentimes feel that people don't quite know what a personal trainer does because oftentimes people are like, how do you work out all day? Well, unlike a group fitness instructor who is likely demoing all the exercises continuously throughout a group fitness class, maybe taking moments to pause and move around and look at clients, personal trainers are typically not exercising alongside their clients. It may be necessary for a personal trainer to demonstrate a rep or two of a given exercise, though sometimes we even like to 
maybe avoid a demonstration because if we can verbally explain an exercise, we can see how a client moves through their own innate understanding of the movement versus simply mimicking what the personal trainer does. But so sometimes there is some demonstration involved and there's effort involved in sometimes carrying weights and loading a bar, but it's not continuous exercise alongside the clients. Oftentimes personal trainers are not doing the same workouts as their clients. I would say most of the time and what is the gold standard is your training client has a program that's specific to them and it will oftentimes, most times, not look at all like what a program the personal trainer would be on and what their specific program would look like. So instead, during that session, the personal trainer is moving around the client in a variety of different angles to observe movement, provide brief cues, possibly while the individual is doing the movement to elicit a change or providing some feedback during rest periods. And so they are more facilitating the workout, providing motivation, additional support, some feedback, like I said before, that is their role in the actual workout time. And then there are the odds and ends. Regular client communication, confirming session times, providing additional resources, um, making sure that the client knows when the sessions are, making sure that they're staying up to date on what their specific goal is, Maybe there are additional tasks that the gym requires in terms of continuing education. Um, oftentimes certifications provide, require additional education, continuing education um, in order to keep certifications current. There's uh, reading up on current topics, things like that. So there's a lot of the extras that don't necessarily fall into a clean and easily discernible category. If a trainer is working in a small boutique gym or working for themselves, the requirements for getting their clients or meeting a specific amount of hours for training may be different. Maybe they have to work more to get clients if it's their own business, but they can set their schedule more freely or they are able to take less clients because they see a larger percentage of the amount of money that comes in for their sessions. Um, People in maybe boutique gyms or working for themselves may not have requirements from the gym to run additional classes or prospect a certain amount of hours a month. Again, all of these are really general ideas and it's going to really depend on that specific location where you're working and what they require of their trainers, not only at the start of their career, but progressing through levels of training and years of experience, what is still required for a trainer. And that's 
all good information to ask about in an initial interview because that may make the difference between choosing which setting you'd be interested in working at and knowing what's expected of you right off the bat. Online personal training and coaching can look a little different because it can be limited to simply providing the programming, maybe with demonstration videos and regular form feedback, as well as face-to-face check-ins, maybe via Zoom or some sort of um, video conferencing. Or you could be actually running sessions, full-length sessions virtually, where the client simply has a camera set up and you're watching those sessions. So online training can be a little different. And some online trainers work for a company versus some online trainers work independently for themselves. So again, those are all really broad definitions and responsibilities of what a personal trainer typically does, but there are a lot of aspects in there that many people who are not familiar with personal training or who might be interested in getting started may not have known about ahead of applying for one of those positions. So now we'll talk a little bit about the differences between some of these other roles in the wellness space, the fitness space, that people sort of confuse for personal trainers and why the distinction is sometimes very important, particularly if you are a professional in any of these areas, you value that distinction sometimes. So I'm gonna do this briefly. Um, And again, there are gonna be more generalizations and you could probably have an episode on the differences between each of these job distinctions. Um, all to themselves, but I'll just talk about it briefly here. A strength coach has a specific certification, for example, could have the National Strength and Conditioning Association's Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. They typically work with athletes, either in a team setting or an individual setting, but they also work in private industry and work specifically with individuals who have performance goals, athletic goals. There are many individuals who are certified strength coaches or certified strength and conditioning specialists who also work in personal training. So there's a little overlap there, though individuals who work in sports performance really appreciate the distinction that they work in sports performance, and that may be exactly the lane that they want to stay in. And there are some differences in terms of how we deal with sort of goals and habit change and all of that if we're working with sort of general population versus athlete population. Group fitness instructors typically work in gym settings with different um, certifications as well, group fitness specific certifications, and they work with large groups either teaching their own class material or teaching something that's provided through um, a group fitness distribution body. Physical therapists, this is an important distinction, typically work with injured or 
ill individuals on their road to recovery. Physical therapists have a specific degree that it allows them to practice physical therapy, whether in the past it was a master's degree, now a doctoral degree is required for new physical therapists entering the field. And they are, um, are allowed to diagnose and treat injuries in that realm. Oftentimes, um, they work directly with insurance companies, though there are physical therapists who work outside of the insurance-based model. And then an athletic trainer also falls into the healthcare and health services realm because they are trained with a degree to um, help prevent, examine, diagnose, treat, and rehabilitate chronic injuries, acute injuries, medical conditions, oftentimes in the athletic setting. So it's just a very important distinction in terms of both physical therapists as well as athletic trainers. Those individuals are licensed healthcare professionals. So that was a super cursory overview of those different jobs, but I'll just finish here with a quick why you might choose personal training. So some advantages to personal training over some other um, positions listed here include the low barrier to entry, which is oftentimes seen as a negative but can be um, a positive if you have not attended years and years of school but are interested in working in the field. There are ways for you to enter. It can be a great stepping stone into some of those other professions if that is your long-term goal or you can have great success in personal training, both um, professional, financial, and personal satisfaction success in personal training. If you really value building one-on-one -on -one relationships with individuals, personal training is great. If you love watching people succeed at their goals, discover how fitness can really support their life and all the things that they do. Personal training can be a really great fit. If you like some flexibility, some freedom in terms of scheduling, a lifestyle that can sometimes work around other elements of your life, personal training can be very helpful. Again, in all of these, there are some pros and cons, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a later episode, but those are some reasons why you might choose to be a personal trainer. All right, so that's it for this episode three. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at foster underscore strength or contact me on my website. You can email me betsy at bfosterstrong.com. Want to remind you that when this comes out, we are underway in Content Madness May, so free content every single day through my Instagram and accessible through my website. Free resources for trainers, for fitness enthusiasts, all month long. Be sure you check it out. Until next time, bye!